Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. Recently, I was in Tasmania doing a couple of group clinics. So, ran five clinics there with, on average, about 20 people per, per clinic, which is slightly different than the small small group, six-person per clinic ones that we normally do. And out of that weekend, I ended up uh, having about 70 videos to record of you know, analysis videos for, for people from those clinics. And it's not the most that I, I've done in a, in a week. Uh, I went to New Zealand in 2019 and, and we had around 200 swimmers um, do the clinics and the filming. So there's quite a, quite a bit of sort of follow-up filming, to, uh, follow-up analysis to do from the, the weekend. And I thought it'd be good to talk about what are some of those key takeaways or, or most common things that I saw in those 70 analysis videos from the weekend. And it's not just from the weekend, you know, no matter if you're from Tasmania or from another part of Australia to the US, right? These things are fairly consistent across the board. So I wanna talk about the five most common mistakes that I saw or see made out of the six and a half thousand plus analysis videos that I've uh, done over the years. Now, from the, uh, from the weekend, one of the really, um, one of the really important ones that kind of stood out was breath timing. Now there was a not, quite a few people who were getting the breath too late in their stroke, and that really threw out the uh, it threw out the timing of the rest of their stroke. So it would make it very hard to have a good catch and the right rotation and a whole bunch of other things when the breath timing is out. So what happens when the breath timing is out? Often someone will turn their head too late to the side and then bring their head back into the water after breath too late. Now, what that looks like for people is if you bring your head back into the water too late, that means your eyes will be coming back down into the water, usually when your catch arm is almost back at your hip. So you've kind of gone through your catch and your pull on your arm in the water, but your face is still off to the side. You've got to bring your head back down or your eyes back down into the water along with your catch. So the latest you really want to be looking back down is when your hand is kind of passing under your shoulders at the latest. So it was just really common for people to, to be getting that late. And you can see that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like other things that come in because of that. So one of the things that I talked to them about uh, in implementing is ha having the cue of pull into the breath. So you should start to turn your head to the side when your hand is coming like say one hand is coming underneath your shoulder, that's when you wanna to start to turn the head. So you pull into the breath, so you get your face out of the water nice and early before that hand sort of exits, and then you can bring the head back in fairly quickly along with that opposite arm catch there. So we wanna make sure we get the right breath timing, first of all. And those of you that have done the eight-week course, our eight-week faster freestyle course, I'm in the process of adding another segment to there to the to the first week uh, which is on breathing i'm going to add another segment about breath timing and some drills that you can do to to get it so that's the um the first thing is breath timing now another sort of part of that too is that some people were taking too long to actually turn their head to get the breath so there's a number of swimmers who 
as they turned their head to the side, they took twice as long as they should to actually get their mouth out of the water. So they turn at the right time, but it was just like a long turn. They didn't actually get their mouth out of the water until too late. So if you can be fairly quick, fairly snappy with the turn of your head, then you're going to be able to get the breath quicker. So you've got to make sure that the breath is, is quick enough as well. The turn of the head is quick enough. Uh, so that's the first one, breath timing. Now, the second thing that I saw was over rotation. I only had from memory one swimmer who was under rotating with their hips and their shoulders. So they were only going to about 25 degrees side to side from memory. Uh, we typically aim for, I normally say 35 degrees, but it can be a bit more or a little bit less, but around that 35 degrees, if we're looking at front on, how much should your shoulders rotate? Now with the over rotation, okay, it's most common on your breathing side or when you're breathing. So we'd often see people will rotate to 70 or 80 degrees when they are taking a breath. And when that happens, they'll typically have their arm drop down into the water. So they'll press down on the water, not get a very good catch. They'll lose their kind of balance and stability there. And they find it really hard to get the breath because their arms really deep in the water. And then they're sort of lifting their head up to try and get the face out because there's nothing out in front to give them balance and stability. So over rotation is most common on the breathing side, but it can happen on, on either side. So you can either think of that as you, you want to be rocking side to side instead of rolling side to side. Or another way to think of your rotation is you don't need to think of rotating side to side necessarily. Think of rotating forwards. So when your hand enters the water, you're reaching forwards, rotate forwards. You'll naturally get some rotation with it, but you're unlikely to overdo it. And I got that from, uh, from Russell Mark from the, he was the biomech at um, USA Swimming. Uh, so I really like that cue. And then the rock versus roll one got from Carl and Pipes. That was a really good cue, I think, to, uh, to use. So we don't want to over rotate when we, when we swim. Uh, so that was a really, really common one. And I mean, it happens, I think it happens a bit because people are told, you know, you need to rotate side to side, but it's very easy to get carried, carried away with it. So if you feel like at any point in your stroke that you've gone that little bit too far where you lose some balance in your stroke and maybe like that affects your catch or maybe your legs are splaying out behind you because you've gone too far, then just dial it back a little bit to get the right amount of rotation. So if, we, if I'm filming someone, they're swimming towards the camera, we'll stop it at the furthest point of rotation and just measure how much their shoulders on the side compared to um, the surface of the water. And we want that to be about 35 degrees. This podcast is brought to you by Form Goggles. Form empowers swimmers at every level to reach their goals, whether they want to get stronger, faster, swim further, or to be more efficient. Get lap-by-lap -lap motivation with real-time metrics and workout instructions right in your goggles. And Forms recently released Form Plans, which include a progressive series of workouts to help you achieve your fitness, skills, or triathlon goals. You can follow along with the plan and your weekly swims will be automatically synced to your goggles. So you'll swim through your workouts with real-time metrics and workout instructions all in your goggles. So it's like having a coach right there with you. And I've had a look through these training plans and I think they are excellent for people who want to train for certain triathlons or reach certain fitness goals, it will build on each week and a really good way to progress 
progressively build up your fitness. So if you'd like to follow along with some plans to help you reach your specific swimming goals, then check out Form Goggles at formswim.com forward slash effortless. And this will give you $15 off your purchase of Form Goggles. So formswim.com forward slash effortless to get your pair of Form Goggles. Now the third one is the, is the recovery. Now the recovery is when the arm comes over the water. And in the recovery, the most, there's two, two main mistakes, but the most common one I saw was a, a low or a flat recovery. So when someone's bringing the arm over the top of the water, their elbow, now if you're, if you're watching them swim from the side, okay, they're sort of swimming past you, that would mean that their elbow, the point of it is pointing behind them as they're coming through. So the elbow is quite flat, quite low to the water. Where it should be pointing is mostly up to the sky, up to the ceiling, not directly up, but up in that direction. So that's what I'd consider a, like a high elbow recovery, not where you need the elbow coming like, or the arm coming over really high and your hand close to your body. You don't want that, but you kind of want the elbow to be pointing mostly up to the sky in your recovery. So some people just coming over and they're really low to the water and their hand was kind of swinging, swinging in front of their elbow really early. And then when they entered, everything was quite low and quite flat rather than having the elbow up a little bit and the fingers going in first. So often we'd, the way I'd sort of describe making that change to them would be, you want to imagine that you've got a piece of string on your elbow, someone's standing in front of you and they're pulling that piece of string towards them. So piece of string on an elbow, feel like the elbow is coming, is the thing that's causing the arm to come over the water, at least initially. That way, when you come over in your recovery, your hand can relax, your forearm can relax a bit too. That to me is why it's called recovery, because you want your hand and forearm to mostly relax over the top there. So the piece of string on an elbow is quite a good cue to help with that recovery part of it. Now, when someone makes that change, I've seen people go too far with it where they end up coming really close to their body with their hand and they're like doing some awkward and uncomfortable things with their, with their arm or their shoulder. You don't want that. So just find that sweet spot where it's comfortable and sustainable and you, know, you come over fairly quickly without putting any you know, extra pressure on your shoulders. So that was the third one was recovery. Now the fourth one was a deep catch. So a fairly straight, fairly deep catch arm where there's not really any bend in the elbow. That was a very common one. And again, when I run clinics, normally yeah, it's, it's a really common one that we, that we would see. Now, if you've been through the five-day catch challenge, you'll have a really good approach and step-by-step approach at making some changes with it. The main thing that I sort of see there is that we just want to make sure we can get the elbow to bend a little bit while your arm's in front of your shoulder. So once you've entered the water and you've reached forwards and you've rotated a bit, then we want to move into a position with the arm where we get a bit of bend at the, at the elbow while the fingers point down. And for someone who's fairly new to swimming, they just don't have that movement pattern necessarily. It takes a bit of practice to, to develop it and get comfortable bending at the elbow to get that what we consider a high elbow catch. So a good way to sort of practice it is with some drills or even just a basic drill like front skull and just make sure you've actually got the elbows bent and you're not completely straight in the water there. Um, but if you haven't done the, the five-day catch challenge, it's on our website. Go and check it out. 
costs $10 and the results that people have got from that have been amazing. So uh, I'd recommend the catch challenge if you're wanting to improve your, your catch. And the thing about it is to me, that is the thing that's worth getting good at. Yes, you want good body position and everything else, but particularly say if you're a triathlete and you wear, you'd wear a wetsuit most races, well, your body position is probably gonna be taken care of. You're probably gonna be pretty good with your posture because everything's sort of sucked in with the wetsuit, held together well. So you probably just need a good, a good catch and pull and you need to find a good rhythm and momentum. So I think the catch is really worth developing. Now the fifth one is uh, head position. And I'd say it was probably even between the amount of swimmers who were looking too far forwards and those that were looking too far down. So I would, the way I, I teach head position for most people is I think they're best looking slightly forwards. And that if you're swimming in a, a pool that's probably like, uh, you know, as, as, deep as, as deep as you are, you might want to look about one meter in front of you or three feet in front of you in terms of the pool tire. So looking slightly forwards and you want to lengthen your neck like you're extending through your spine and your neck, not where you're tense with your neck because you don't want to be tense, but just lengthening through it. So you're keeping quite long through the head, neck and spine um, and looking slightly forwards. And that should put the top of your cap just out of the water, just above the water. That's usually where we'd want to be in terms of uh, head position. So I saw quite a few people either going too far forwards, so looking out, and they will see their chin come forwards. And most of the time that would lead to this big arch through their lower back. And it, when that happens, it's almost like their top half and their bottom half is disconnected, not working very well together. So yeah, you'll have some natural arch through your lower back if you've got the right sort of posture and head position, but you don't want too much, but you get too much when you bring your chin and your eyes too far forwards. So we want to look about a meter down. And then we had quite a few people who were looking too deep as well. They were looking uh, straight down or even like slightly behind them. And their head was a couple of centimeters under the water. Now, sometimes I find people do that because they feel like, or they think that their head is the th head position is the thing that determines where their legs are in the water or where their feet are. And they think I've got to push my head down to bring my back half up, but that's not the case. It is to a certain extent, you know, some people will be looking too far forwards. So they've got to change it to actually bring their feet up, but your legs are more determined by your hips and your core. It's connected to that. It's not connected to your head. So you've, it's more determined by how you're holding your core and your, your hips. So yes, head position can matter, but um, less than some other things. So you don't want to push your head or bury your head in the water to be, um, to be swimming well. And if you, if you saw the 100 freestyle, the 100 freestyle world record by David Popovich recently, and you have a look at his stroke, you'll see that he's like, he's bouncing in the water. His head will come up quite high in the water. Then he'll sort of go go down, then he'll come up and go down, come up, go down. He's riding pretty high. He's got quite a loping sort of freestyle there. And if he was trying to swim with his head buried in the water, where it didn't leave the water apart from if he was taking a breath, he's going to have a hard time because water is, I think it's 800 times denser, 600 times denser than air. And so if you're trying to swim really low in the water, well, you, it's, you're going to be working a lot a lot harder. So I think especially for open water swimmers and 
anyone who's in triathletes, if you're wearing a wetsuit, you probably want to go for that slightly uh, higher position in the water because it's going to be more efficient and it's probably going to feel more comfortable for you. So there's no need to bury the head and be completely submerged with it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's one of the other things that we looked at with with head position. So just wanted to make sure you're looking in the right position. So they're the f- five things that really stood out from the the last 70 videos that I, or last 70 swimmers that I analyzed recently. Um, but across the board, for the last six and a half thousand people, um, these are really, really common ones. So breath timing, pull into the breath. So you can bring your head back down along with your catch. Over rotation, you want to rock side to side, not roll. Three is recovery. Make sure that you recover over the water with what I'd consider a bit of an elbow led recovery, relax the hand and forearm. Number four is you don't do a deep catch or don't be a, not a straight arm catch. So we do need a bit of bend in the elbow, all right, to get our high elbow position. And then the last one is just head position, making sure you, for most people, they're looking slightly forwards with the top of their cap out of the water rather than trying to bury their head deep and be fully submerged the whole time. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're looking to improve your swimming, the best thing that I would suggest is our eight-week faster freestyle course, which is inside of uh, our Effortless Swim membership. Uh, we've had a lot of swimmers go through that. And just over those eight weeks, you're gonna improve each of these things that I've talked about, plus the other things that we tend to see when we do underwater filming with people. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well if you haven't been through that yet. So thanks very much for listening. I'll see you next week on uh, another podcast episode. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.